Iowa's News Now Sports brings you black and gold glory. Your all-access pass to all things Hawkeyes. This is Eye on the Hawks. I think guys, guys know how important this game is and, and we're, we're preparing for it. This is like a lot of the you know, fans Super Bowl. I've heard just like plenty of middle finger stories, honestly. <laughs> so I'm pretty excited to get in that environment. It's probably my favorite game of the year, you know. Uh, it means a lot being a, an in-the-state kid, obviously. You grew up watching this game. I love all rivalry games, but I think it's just, it's so huge for the state. Uh, it's going to be pretty toxic, pretty toxic environment. <laughs> but, you know, it's going to be loud and, you know, you, you live for that. It's going to be huge. I mean, hopefully we can keep the Seahawks names. Iowa and Iowa State are playing. Everyone's talking about it. It's a pretty nice place to play it's not like there's eight-year-olds hanging over the fence giving you the rude finger or anything like that so yeah excited to go back there and um, enjoy such a pleasant environment won't someone please think of the children welcome to eye on the hawks that was just a small sampling of the energy going into the cyhawk week or guest for the show in week two in the blue corner former cedar rapids washington grad and former hawkeye andre dawson and wearing the red trunks a Kennedy grad, a former cycling tight end, and the head coach at Cedar Rapids Prairie. Kyle Nock with us as we'll break down the state of Iowa's Super Bowl. Thanks for joining us this week. Gentlemen, there's a lot of ground to cover today, so let's get right into it. Both Iowa and Iowa State took care of business in their season openers. Andre, you were there at Kinnick for Iowa's win over Utah State. What was your assessment of their performance in week one? I think we had a you know an excellent time. It was, you know, a lot of fun. I think everybody, you know, <laughs> was kind of cooking down there, but getting a chance to watch Iowa you know, really explode out in those first few um, series, getting up on that 14-0 lead uh, was exciting. And then I think, you know, as, as Kurt kind of, you know, does every single year, he gives <laughs> everybody a chance to, you know, coach, get a chance to get a feel for the game. And that's when we kind of opened up that running game a little bit. So I, I think it was a, a great experience. And I think Kay did a good job coming out and, and showing the, the University of Iowa people what, we, what he has in store for us this year. Absolutely. Now, Kyle, we're off to a bad start here. Your Cyclones beat my alma mater at uh, the <laughs> University of Northern Iowa. Was that a fluke or are the Cyclones a team to be feared this fall? Um, I think what you saw is is they handled themselves well on defense. Uh, when you have a, um, a opponent like you and I that comes in that has had some success in Ames in the past, you got to put them away early. Iowa State did that uh, with the pick six to start the game. Um, I just thought it was kind of a boring blah, <laughs> not show a whole lot, but get the job done kind of day for Coach Campbell. And, and uh, you know, I'm interested to see how it all turns out this weekend. Kind of the same, it seems like, for both teams. They both kind of took the same approach, it seems like, in week one. Well, there's so much hype that surrounds this game. Putting yourself back in the shoes of these players, how much excitement is there for this Cyhawk week, both at Iowa and Iowa State? Kyle? Um... It's the one game in the, on the schedule where, like, the outside forces come into play. I, I think uh, as a player at one of these schools growing up in this state, you look at it and you say, I don't only have to go out there and perform for myself or my team. I got to perform for our fan base <laughs> because you don't want to be the laughing stock for the next 12 <laughs> months or you don't want to be the, the little brother yeah. for the next 12 months. And so... Right. I think there's more pressure that comes with it. Uh, it obviously helps in recruiting and, and all other factors, but um, it was more of a don't let down the fan base type of thing when, when I played. Yeah, Andre, you feel the same way kind of when you were there too? I do, and I, I, find, I kind of find it, uh, I find it funny that players, when they come to the University of Iowa or they go to the University of Iowa State, I don't think they really understand the magnitude of this game. 
Um, you know it's a rivalry. You know it's something that's important. You do understand it's our Super Bowl. But until you get a chance to, you know, experience one full year and you, you meet your best friends or your, your roommate's parents and you meet and you see that people that are married are now divided. People are sitting <laughs> on the other side of the rooms. Like, until you actually get a chance to experience that, I don't think you really understand the magnitude. But it's, uh, it's something that, you know, we, we cherish. It is our Super Bowl. Um, and it's always good to uh, get a chance to play a little brother, and I'm, I'm hoping we get that trophy back this year. Yeah, even those transfers like Cade McNamara and Seth Anderson, even those guys know. They'd heard it's their second game in a Hawkeye uniform, mm-hmm. but they know this is a big one. There's no so- shortage of history between the squads. This year is our 70th meeting. Iowa's won two-thirds of the games in the all-time series. 46-23 and 23 all-time. The Hawkeyes have also won six out of the last seven. But that coveted trophy currently resides in Ames after a wet and wild win for the Cyclones at Kinnick last fall. But there could be history made this weekend. A Hawkeye win would give Kirk Ferentz his 200th overall win as a head coach between his time here in Iowa City and three seasons at Maine. A benchmark that Kirk, of course, shrugs off, but his players would love to get him that 200th win at Jack Trice. That is just an unbelievable feat that a head coach can reach. And, you know, we definitely um, try to play our best for Coach Ferentz and I didn't even know that. That's insane. He's a really great coach. I think I think he's he's one of the best best in the country. Um, I'd I'd do anything for him for that man. Um, you know, I'm I'm grateful for the opportunity that he gave me to to be able to come here and and I just want to go out there and every Saturday and, and give it my all for for him. You know, the only reason I know it's because somebody reminds me of it, not frequently but occasionally, and it's just. Like right now, all I know is we're one and all, and that's that's nice. It's the best we could be, but we got a lot of work in front of us. That's what I know. Now, Andre, let's start with you. You played for Captain Kirk, of course. I know that getting a milestone win like that at home would be big, but how much would those guys like to get that victory at Jack Trice on Iowa State's home field? I will say, you know, playing with playing with Coach, it's all about respect, mm-hmm. and respect is the the biggest thing that you can have. And you know, him demanding that respect and, and deserving that respect, we don't really talk about that. We know that's something that's on the horizon, but that's not, that's not an individual goal. At, at the end of the day, when we get to, we get to Iowa State, we get the win, we, we, get that, we get a chance to, you know, experience that with Coach, but that's not the, the all-in goal. So at the end of the day, respect is the, is the main thing for us, and, and kind of getting a chance to experience that with him will be, you know, it will be something that's honorable, something that, that I know the team's looking forward to doing, but at the end of the day, we're, we're looking to go to the Big Ten Championship, and we're looking to get a lot of other things on, um, on our plate. So. Yeah, as, as Kirk points out often, uh, those are things that are big for guys like us in the media and for the fans to just enjoy those benchmark wins. Uh, Kyle, Iowa's players didn't seem all that even aware that he was on the doorstep of 200. You heard Cade talk about it. Uh, do you think the Iowa State players have any idea? Is there motivation for them to make sure that he doesn't get that win on their field? Um, no, I, I, there's a lot of factors that go into this thing, and um, – one thing that he just touched on, the respect level, uh, it's, it's a weird dynamic when you play in this football game because you have all this hype, you have all the outside sources telling you this and that, you got all the talk shows like this, <laughs> and uh, at the end of the day, there's, there's a true respect between Iowa and Iowa State players and coaches for their opponent. Um, I've always had a lot of respect for uh, Coach Ferentz. Uh, we've sent some kids there that I coached at Kennedy, um, and he was all he opened the doors to me when I'd visit with with these uh, young men. And um, there's never a lack of that between the two programs. I think the fans make it a little more than it is. Um, Iowa State's they're they're preparing because they know Iowa's got a good football team, 
And regardless of if it's 200 or 199, they're going to try to knock him out on, on Saturday. Your former kid at Kennedy, Max White, he's on the roster right now. Max White, right Connor Colby. Yeah. Yep, we've, we've got a couple guys down there. And, um, you know, I say we, I'm no longer a Kennedy guy. But, <laughs> but I, I coach those kids and have relationships with those kids. And uh, Sean Byer was a kid, Dallas Jacobus, uh, some guys that played down at Iowa. It broke my heart when they said they're going to <laughs> Iowa. But, uh, but I'm excited to see how they perform on Saturday, too. I'm curious to ask you, Kyle, because you, I think, were at Iowa State when Coach Ferentz took over at Iowa. Is that right? Uh, would you have ever thought that 25 years later that he'd still be there on the sidelines at Iowa City? No, that's a long, that's a long run. I mean, uh, my freshman year was Hayden Fry's last year. Okay. So my redshirt freshman year, uh, the first year I got to play in the series, uh, was Coach Ferentz's first year. And, and uh, we beat him in Ames that year. Um, I can't remember the score, but it was it was fairly decisive. And then then from then on, it's been just a back and forth. Um, each team's kind of had their runs. And uh, no, Coach Ferentz, he's he's an unbelievable coach, unbelievable person, mm -hmm. and uh, and he's good for the state of Iowa. The most surprising part of the show is that you can't actually remember the score of that game. I really thought you'd have it on the <laughs> top of your mind. I wanted to. I, I, I don't recall it. <laughs> well, Hawkeye quarterback Cade McNamara now has his first Iowa start under his belt, but he's no stranger to rivalry games. Well, at Michigan, he played against Ohio State and Wisconsin and another in-state rivalry, losing to Michigan State in 2021. Playing in a hostile environment, that's nothing new for Cade. I just remember it being just an awesome game. Um, we came up a little short, but to be honest, I loved playing in that game. I love playing in rivalry games, and, you know, I just can't wait to experience, you know, the Cyhawk rivalry for the first time. Now, this is a unique situation where both squads are stepping in with first-year quarterbacks between Cade McNamara and Rocco Becht. Uh, what's going to be a factor for these guys on Saturday? Is that going to be a factor, the fact that they're both a little bit new to the starting lineup for these teams? Andre? I don't think so. I mean, if you're a game-time game player and you're a game-changer, I don't think that really matters. You block out the noise and you're, you're focused on your game plan. Mm -hmm. If you know what your game plan is, you know who's around you and you're comfortable with that, I don't think you know the crowd and all of that's really going to matter at the end of the day. If you're a game changer and you're a game player, you're going to make stuff happen. Kyle Rocco really got thrown into this role just within the last month or so with everything that went on there at Iowa State with Hunter Deckers having to leave the team. Uh, what did you see out of him in week one? Do you feel like that gives a lot of Iowa State fans comfort in what he can bring this week? I think what uh, what Rocco brought is kind of a Brock Purdy-esque mm. start. Um, he's not he's going to manage the game. He's not going to um, turn the ball over. He's athletic enough to make a play with his feet when he has to. We didn't see a lot from Iowa State. I mean, they threw the ball down the field, I think, twice. And and uh, they were both incomplete passes. I think those were his only two incompletions on mm. Saturday. But um, he's been in big games. He's from Florida. They, the competition down there is big. His dad played in the NFL for a long time. Like, he knows he knows what the atmosphere will be like. And I think you're going to see a cool customer. Um, it'll be different because Iowa's defense is different than you and I's defense. Mm -hmm. But if he can manage the game, I think he'll be all right. Already big shoes to compare him to, saying Brock Purdy-esque, possibly. Well, just to wrap up this first part of the show, I'd like to hear from both of you guys. As fans of the programs right now, what concerns you most about your opponent on Saturday, about the team you're playing against, Andre? Uh, I think that they're, you know, they're, they're going to be prepared. They're going to be ready. And then also just being at Jack Trice Stadium, um, being there on game day and knowing that this is our Super Bowl, I think the crowd you know, can get effective to some players. 
Uh, I don't think it'll affect Cade. Cade's been in this situation plenty of times. He's been on this big stage. He's played in Big Ten championships, so he knows what you know what it entails and what comes to it. But I think between their defense and and you know knowing that this is the Super Bowl for us. I think that's uh, that, that atmosphere is going to be something that we'll have to look out for. Yeah, how about for the Hawkeyes, for you, Kai? What concerns th- you most about I think they're front seven on defense. Um, obviously, Iowa's known for their, their great defense all the time. Uh, Joe uh, Evans, he's a veteran guy. Um, they got some veteran guys at linebacker that are stepping in. The Higgins guy um, had a great game last Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if they can get pressure on Rocco Beck, I think – Iowa State's going to struggle a little bit. And uh, offensively, like with the new O-line coach coming in, I saw some some more violence mm-hmm. on the offensive mm-hmm. line. I've met uh, Coach Clanton. He's bringing a different kind of mentality. But it's going to be a battle in the trenches uh, on both sides of the ball. I love all rivalry games, but I think it's just, it's so huge for the state, you know. Um, Iowa and Iowa State are playing, everyone's talking about it, so I feel like there's a, a magnitude there, and just excited, really excited to get to Ames. It's been a well-documented story. Joe Evans grew up basically within eyesight of Jack Trice Stadium, but he chose to walk on at Iowa. Now he's one of the team captains, and he's had some rude welcome home receptions over his time in the black and gold. Going into the game, in 2021, I told myself, I'm not going to look at any fans. Like, obviously, they know I'm from Ames. A group of guys were yelling, Joe, like, Joe, Joe. Like, they're like, three, two, one, Joe. So I'm like, these have to be like my buddies, right, from high school. Look around, definitely was not my buddies, but they uh, definitely let me have it. The intensity is there. No getting around that. It spreads from the Iowans to the transfers to the Aussies even. Mitch Fick has more from one of college football's most heated annual showdowns. For me, and I think for a lot of guys, it's it's not a whole lot different other than, you know, the environment that we're about to go into. Kyler Fisher may be slightly underselling the attitude ahead of Saturday's Cyhawk game. Kirk Ferentz says he knows how important this game is to the entire community in the state of Iowa. Other players say they've heard everything from ignoring texts to questioning who is raising these Cyclone youths. It's like in high school, you know, the team, you know, that team next door, you don't want to lose those guys. You just don't, and I'm sure they feel the same way. And uh, Bear Bryant used to say it, you know, he talked about, you know, guys having to go home and, you know, they go to the pharmacy and they got to answer why why they lost to, to Auburn. You know, and Alabama would have to answer that. You know how important it is to the kids that are from Iowa and all the guys that are. Um, you know, I, I, I've heard stories about people not talking to the, their Iowa State friends. Um, you know, at school and stuff. So I've heard just old, plenty of middle finger stories, honestly. <laughs> so I'm pretty excited to get in that environment. Probably just the derogatory language that was thrown over the fence by so many people, you know what I mean? I was kind of like, God, God. I, I'm old enough and I can take it, but I was looking around going, some of these guys are pretty young. Sure. And it, I just found it really interesting. You know, there's like nine or ten-year-old kids swearing and things like that over the fence and it just makes you think it's like who are these guys parents you know what I mean because I know if that was my little brother saying it my mum would go crazy same with my dad it doesn't bother me at all so anything that they say to me doesn't bother me obviously if I've had some encounters um just but it's just the fans being the fans so um they're gonna again like I said they're gonna talk trash but it doesn't really bother me it honestly kind of fuels me have you heard about what their fans are, are going to be like walking into Jack Trice. Oh, it's going to be pretty toxic, pretty toxic environment. <laughs> but, you know, it's going to be loud and, you know, you, you live for that. So it's going to be fun. Seth Anderson was also asked about what he saw from Iowa State's defense on film. He said a lot of opportunities. So I asked in what way 
He just answered in a good way from a Hawkeye team that only scored one touchdown against ISU at Kinnick in 2022. We'll see what that means for the Iowa offense in 2023. In Iowa City, Mitch Fick for Eye on the Hawks. Now you guys both experienced this rivalry firsthand. Kyle, I'm going to start with you. How, how is this game different than the others on the schedule? Or are you like Kyler Fisher who says that this game isn't any different than the others? Um, it's different. And, and those that don't think it is, they're, they're <laughs> crazy. Um, growing up here, it's, it's different. I grew up in Cedar Rapids. I grew up a Hawkeye fan. Um, I didn't have an opportunity to go play at Iowa. So there is a little spite there. <laughs> um, but... Uh, no, it's a different atmosphere. You know, it, it's even living here now, 21 years later, after playing my last Iowa State game, um, I still get up for this week because I know I got coworkers and friends and that I got to listen to for the next however many months if they, they don't get the job done. And so um, it's, it's definitely a different atmosphere than a regular game. Uh, Andre, I'm curious to ask you, being a guy who was raised in Iowa, do you feel like the Iowans on the roster especially take this game I don't want to say more seriously because obviously everybody does, but maybe feel a little bit more fire passion being raised in Iowa. I think so. And and I'd like to just take a second to say, you know, for Joe Davis or Joe Evans, who, you know, was born and raised and, and you know, was grew or grew up right across the street from the stadium. Um, having him be a part of the Iowa Hawkeyes is, is you know, something that we should honor, mm. uh, something that we should respect. And even though he is going back to his home, you know, his hometown, I hope that the fans understand that this man walked on, he earned a scholarship, he got a, you know, he became a captain. And I think you should honor that. I think you should cheer for that. Um, I recently saw a story where Kobe went back to, to Philadelphia after he won and his hometown was just booing him. Mm. And it was just something that was like really hard on him. So understand that we are humans, understand that the players are humans and, and it's all about respect. So if, if you are going to, you know, boo, boo because of, you know, he plays for Iowa, not because of what he's done. Yeah. Cheer him for being a captain. Cheer him for being, you know, having having six sacks. Uh, cheer him for, you know, getting a scholarship. I think I think we just all have to realize that these players are human and, and that sometimes it, it does affect the players differently. Yeah, so. and, and he's a guy who next year might even be playing on Sundays and hopefully Ames would embrace him as a, as a hometown kid at after. Then, then it changes a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> now, now you can cheer for Now you like it a little bit more. <laughs> were the last times that Iowa lost two straight games to the Cyclones. Can the Cardinal and Gold get another win at Jack Trice Stadium? Here's Curtis Fader on the keys to Cy-Hawk glory once again in 2023. Iowa State is quite the familiar foe for the Iowa Hawkeyes, and this 2023 edition of the Cyclones looks well prepared to defend their Cy-Hawk trophy after they won it last year for the first time since 2014. The shadows of doubt of the Cyclones offense after some key pieces left the program are now overshadowed by the talented youth filling in. Most notably, Rocco Beck. He's the son of current XFL head coach Anthony Beck, who played 11 years in the NFL as a tight end and is the first Iowa State quarterback with two passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown since Sage Rosenfels in 1999. Even against an esteemed Hawkeye defense, he and his young weapons feel aptly prepared for them come Saturday. They've been, you know, insanely good for the past 20 years. Um, you know, they have a good solid defense. They, they're disciplined in what they do. And, you know, we're going to go into this week pre prepared and uh, we're going to 
every day we're going to get better. And, uh, you know, looks against our defense, our scout team, you know, they did a good job today. So, you know, just keep getting those uh, reps in practice will be uh, good for us. The Cyclone defense is feeling just as ready as well. They have the current Big 12 Defensive Player of the Week, Jeremiah Cooper, on their side and also have the longest streak of allowing less than 400 total yards in the nation, just one game ahead of Iowa's defense at 16. While they see an upgrade at quarterback in Cade McNamara, they still feel very comfortable finding ways to stop this Hawkeyes attack. Obviously a little bit different offense now with uh, Cade coming in and stuff, but they've kind of ran most of the same stuff for the last couple of years. So just looking at all the film, you know, uh, getting all their tendencies down, I think that's just going to be big for us to see. I see the offense a little bit more comfortable. Uh, still doing a lot of the same things, just running a little better. And we're looking at it like, they're the best team ever, and we're ready for anything. Maybe something a little new for the Cyhawk game, a genuine debate over special teams. Tyler Perkins averaged 53.6 yards per punt in week one, including his 70-yard bomb that was the longest punt for the Cyclones since 2010. And kicker Chase Contreras is fresh off of drilling the longest field goal in Matt Campbell's tenure as ISU head coach with a 56-yard bomb against UNI. Campbell wants to set the record straight that his special teams unit is not to be messed with. Again, I think the myth is that we've not been good on special teams, which is a farce. Um, when we've had great specialists, we've been really good. And I think what you see is you see a sophomore punter that's growing in. You saw a freshman last year. You see a senior kicker. You saw a true freshman last year. And then, um, you know, I think you look at it and you say, man, we're a lot better with our wisdom and our, our age. And when we've had Mebus and we've had all those guys, you know, we've been really good. While this is the first Cyhawk game with neither team ranked in the top 25 since 2018, I'd still expect Jack Tri-Stadium to be as loud and intense as ever when these two teams clash this Saturday at 2.30. Reporting in Ames, I'm Curtis Fader, Iowa's News Now Sports. All eyes on Ames this Saturday. Kyle and Andre, you're both native Iowans, both went to high school right here in Cedar Rapids. I just want to hear your favorite memory from the Cyhawks series, either, either as a player or could be as a fan as well. Uh, Andre, let's hear from you. Uh, I would say during my tenure at the University of Iowa, getting to run across and grab that trophy. Mm. <laughs> um, I would say that's that's a, one of the greatest memories I've had. And then obviously just being a part of you know, the Super Bowl, being a part of the festivities and being a part of that rivalry is always something I've cherished. Mm -hmm. okay. For me, it was uh, senior year, 2002. Um, we were down 24 to seven at halftime in Kinnick. And uh, we just found a way to get it done again. And, and the thing that I'll always walk away with is I'd never lost to them. Mm -hmm. uh, five, <laughs> five games, I, I, was, I did not play in the first one, obviously I redshirted, but um, five straight wins over Iowa. And there's like four people in Iowa State history that can say <laughs> they've done that. Wow. And so um, it allows me to live in this part of the state and has something to fall back on when people talk trash and I never lost to them. Yeah. And so, um, but just those memories of the trophy, running over, getting the trophy, um, you know, you, you never forget that stuff. Yeah, that is incredible. Can you name any of those other guys who also um, won, won four T. Austin, okay. Zach Butler, there might be one other in yeah. there. Yeah. Um, He's the only one that matters. We had a, we had a small, we had a small um, freshman class that year. We had a lot of junior college transfers mm -hmm. come in when we were freshmen. And so, um, yeah, there's only a, a handful of us. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. great.
Ames on Saturday. Just got the email for it. Oh. Great. <laughs> <laughs> There's gonna be about sixty other thousand people too. So I mean, that's that's great. That's that's great. I mean, it's you know, election year in Iowa. Well, if you couldn't quite hear it, Donald Trump will reportedly be at the game on Saturday. That's kind of a unique element, having a former president in the stadium. Uh, assuming neither of you two played in front of a president, or maybe you have, I don't know, you can tell me, who is the most famous person that you remember playing in front of in person? Uh, any idea, Andre? Um, honestly, the most famous person is whoever you think is famous or whoever you cherish the most. To me, the most famous person I ever played in front of was my mom. She's a decorated war veteran. She's, you know, she's a... United Way Volunteer of the Year. She's she's my hero. So that's the most famous person I played in front of. Um, some people might think it's any of my teammates. Uh, you can t- you pick Micah Hyde. You can mm-hmm. pick Marv. You can pick anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so honestly, just depends on who whoever you want to think is famous. But to me, it's, it's my mom. And I bet you never ask your mom for an autograph either. Maybe si- maybe no, signing a release. I think she signed. I think she signed enough checks already for me. <laughs> Kyle, how about you? Anybody uh, that sticks out? Anybody you remember? Not that I can think of. I mean, you look back now at some of the like broadcasters that did games that are now like famous broadcasters. Um, I would I would say kind of to repeat what he said. Some of the guys that are actually on the field, like Dallas Clark and Bob Sanders and Seneca Wallace and Sage Rosenfels and guys that went on to have long NFL careers and. Um, they were probably the biggest superstars in the moment. Yeah. I was going to ask about that, actually, because you played with a couple of quarterbacks who went on to play in the NFL. Were you there for the play, for Seneca's the play? I was on the field for the play, and <laughs> I was wide open in the back of the end zone, <laughs> and I'm waving my arms, and he just kept running and dodging and ducking and everything else, and um, it was quite the quite the moment. Yeah. At some point, did you sit back and watch him on that play and think, like, oh, boy, this Seneca guy is pretty good, or, or were you just <laughs> trying to get his attention? There was um, moments where um, you would tell him, like, you're the man. Like, what you just did is unbelievable. <laughs> and he was a very humble guy, and yeah. he'd say, you know, whatever, let's move on to the next one. And um, But, yeah, it was. there were moments where you're like, just, let's just watch him work yeah. and see what happens. See if we can pick up that Wingstop sponsorship for the show. <laughs> yeah. well, before we finally wrap it up, guys, we're going to pick some winners for week one. Got three games, all Big Ten West. Another one against a Big 12 opponent, Illinois. Just barely beat Toledo at home last week, traveling now to play the Jayhawks. Kansas is a three-point favorite in this one. Uh, who do you guys think in this one? Andre? Uh, I'm going to go with Illinois. You know, the coach gave me a, a shot when I was a, a sophomore. He gave me an offer when he was at Wisconsin. So mm-hmm. I'm always going to stick with coach. I'm going to go Illinois. All right. Yeah. I got to go Kansas in Lawrence. Uh, obviously, it's a Big Ten, Big 12. We're going to disagree on this one. Um, but I think they're moving in the right direction. Yeah. And um, they've created a pretty cool atmosphere there in Lawrence. I remember going there and there'd be 1,500 people in the stands. <laughs> and um, now it's it, they, they get it rocking pretty good in there. Yeah. Uh, I might have to stick with Kyle on this one. I mean, I- I- Illinois, I thought they were going to be great coming into this year. Looked a little bit rocky against Toledo in week one. And Kansas seems to have that thing moving in the right direction down there. So I'll pick KU in this one. Uh, the next one airs on Fox 28. Big noon kickoff. Coach Prime and the Buffs. They upset TCU on the road in week one. Hosting Matt Rule and the Nebraska Cornhuskers. What do you guys think? Kyle? I got Coach Prime by a million. I mean, <laughs> he's got those kids believing whatever he's selling. And um, I was a doubter. I thought, you know, it was all a show, um, watching all the YouTube stuff. Yeah. But uh, he's, he's sold me now. 
Yeah. Andre? Listen, Coach, you won't have to check your paperwork and ask me if I believe. I believe. I'm, I'm, I'm right along there with you. I'm, I'm all Colorado. No receipts to be checked here for Andre Dawson. Uh, the, the three of us, united in the hatred against Nebraska, I think is fair to say. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even realize that, that was who I yeah. <laughs> Get that out of here. Well, well finally, it's a Cyhawk game also airing on Fox 28 Saturday after that Colorado-Nebraska game. Bragging rights and the Cyhawk Trophy up for grabs. Iowa, a four-point favorite in Ames at the moment. Uh, guys, let's hear about a, a, maybe just a final score. I know who you're going to pick to win, but he, let's hear a final score from you both. Andre, you first. 24-14 uh, Iowa. Same as, <laughs> same as last week. Is that going to be the theme of the season, 24-14? 24-14. All right, Kyle? Um, I'm going to go 24-21 Iowa State. All I right. think there'll be a little bit more scoring than people give them credit for. Yeah, well, I'm doing this show in Eastern Iowa, so I better pick the Hawkeyes to win this one. Um, truthfully, I think that Iowa could really spark something big this week. I think they held back a little bit last week, as did Iowa State, but Cade McNamara could really have this be his breakout week. I could see something like, you know, 31-7, to something like that. I would win this game. So, uh, taken... Uh, taking Iowa to beat the spread even. Well, that does it for week two of Eye on the Hawks. And for both of you guys, Andre, Kyle, old friends who coached slash played against each other back in the day at Kennedy and Wash, I want to thank you guys both for being with us today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Right, thanks for joining us on Eye on the Hawks.